everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. I'm so excited today to bring you our latest episode. We are talking about mystery shows today, particularly the two new pilots that aired in January. And uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about Garage Sale Mysteries just as a point of comparison. I'm Rachel, and I'm so excited today for a very special guest to have on the podcast. We are having my dear old dad is here on the podcast. This is so exciting. Hello, Rachel. Thanks for having me, and I look forward to it. I think it'll be fun. Yes, thank you so much. I, uh, I've mentioned you a, a little bit on the podcast every uh, so often, particularly whenever there's anything about camping or the outdoors or anything like that. I'll usually bring <laughs> you up a little bit. But uh, why don't you take this chance to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about, about you. Well, I live just up the hill from you in Draper, Utah, and I'm a very active outdoorsy person, as you've alluded to. Right now, uh, passionately skiing here at our Utah resorts where we have phenomenal amounts of snow this year, which has been wonderful. I like a lot of other outdoor activities, and as you know, I'm not a very avid TV or movie person. I tend to be engaged in things where physical activity dominates, and when I'm watching TV, most of the time it's NBA games while I exercise. In fact, I stopped exercise during a game right now <laughs> in order to do this show. <laughs> so I'm a I'm kind of when it comes to TV and uh, movies I'm kind of raw meat I guess yeah. Uh, yeah I so if you want a perspective from someone who's uh, at the opposite end of the spectrum from you in terms of engagement with those mediums then yeah. that's me. Would you say that was always the case or when you were younger, did you, you know, like, like TV, did you grow up watching any shows uh, or, or uh, movies or were you just never that into it? Oh, well, when I was a child, I watched quite a few shows. Uh, we watched shows as a family. We watched the wonderful world of Disney, watched uh -huh. uh, crazy shows like the Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, that starts to date me. I'm just about to turn 64. The Man from Uncle, The Wild Wild West, Mission Impossible, Star Trek, um, and, you know, cartoons. So, you know, it was a way more common in my family. I don't know why, as I matured and and we started our family, why I didn't continue to watch TV. But I do know why. I mean, the reality is the internet has uh, had a big influence on me. I was an early adopter of the internet, very early. Yeah, that's true. And I haven't taken a newspaper, subscribed to a newspaper for forever. I haven't watched hardly any local TV news broadcasts forever. Because I, it's not because I'm not interested in news. I just turned to the internet pretty much for everything. Yeah. And... So I think that had, and now, of course, uh, the TV, video, internet delivery have all merged together. Yeah. In fact, I just posted a YouTube video yesterday of me skiing that you'll have to watch. Yeah, we'll uh, put a link down in the description. Very exciting. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I mean, because it's easier than ever to become a content creator now, uh, whereas, you know, that was obviously much more difficult back in the back in the day uh but um but yeah I, I think it's interesting given your interest in photography that uh that sort of uh film as a medium never uh interests you more than you know more than it did yeah that's a that's actually an interesting point because back in the early 70s when i well even the very late 60s when i started as a teenager to get deeply involved in photography, my dad wasn't very supportive of me at that point because he uh, was quite smitten with Super 8, which was the first really sensible consumer option for making videos. And he bought a Super 8 camera and a Super 8 projector, and he really got into it. And he told me the 
the future was in movies and video. Well, we didn't call it video then, but in movies. Right, right. And, and he was right to some degree. Ironically, as you know, he got heavily into still photography as well. But yeah, I'm starting to do a little more with that because today's still cameras have incredible, some of them have incredible video capabilities. Right. And yeah. we were just up playing around with that skiing. But as you know, your older brother is a, a really good videographer as well as a photographer. Right, right. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, so the one show that I remember you watching was the mystery show on PBS, uh, particularly the Sherlock Holmes uh, with Jeremy Brett right. <laughs> that aired. I mean, that's practically the only one that I remember you, aside from maybe like sports or general conference the only things that i really remember you like putting in and making sure you had videotaped so that you could watch it right kind of a thing i i can't the, the the main i guess if you're saying media memories that i have that i immediately associate with you is uh jungle book and robin hood i immediately think of you and uh i think of you with with sherlock holmes yeah, I think as far as the series goes, you know, I do uh, love the Sherlock Holmes series. I think Jeremy Brett is the quintessential Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I think he was a phenomenal actor. I know he was completely immersed in the role, almost to a point of being uh, psychologically troublesome for him, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah, I, so I, I have all those ripped onto a hard drive now. I haven't watched one for a while. I mean, I do have my, I do have some favorite movies and yeah. shows, but it, my threshold for um, engagement is pretty high. And I see through things, I think, rather quickly when they're not good. Mm. And so what time I devote to these sorts of things, I want it to be, you know, a really, yeah. really good production. Yeah. And I also think of you when I, I, I think of breaking away and, <laughs> uh, and, um, uh, it's a wonderful life. Uh, like if someone were to ask me, what are my dad's two favorite movies? I would probably say those are your two favorite movies. Is that, would you well, say Well, now it's Lord of the Rings. There's and no, the Rings. I, nothing for me even comes close. Mm -hmm. And you know, I watched them in German uh, right. because I'm a student of German and they did a, phenomenal job and yeah the voiceover work is just amazing yeah. so it's a learning experience too but i think lord of the rings is the in all respects from anything i've seen the greatest uh movie series i've ever seen yeah. the, you know every part of it i think is just top drawer yeah it's really great. I, I enjoy it very much. And I'm not a big enough fantasy, but um, it won me over. I don't really like the Hobbit movies at all, but right. I, I do like those Lord of the Rings. Um, have, have you ever listened to the or watched the Robin Hood in German? You mean the cartoon? Yeah. Or I do have it. It's harder to follow. I think oh. it, it, and it doesn't have the, the in my opinion, the English original has some of the best voice work if not the best voice work of any cartoon i've ever yeah watched the it's just an amazing group of voices yeah and then and it doesn't carry over in german that way not like lord of the rings does because peter ustinov the only reason i mention it peter ustinov who did uh um prince john did the german voice oh really oh, yeah interesting i'll go back and listen to it yeah uh, I'm pretty sure at least uh, that that's the case. Anyway, so that's really interesting uh, that, uh, you know, just the different things that people are drawn to and uh, like there's so, one thing that's just amazing now is there's just so much out there. It's, it's amazing. There's just so like, I mean, I don't know. It seemed like in the past, you know, you had your main network shows and then a few people had the premium shows. Uh, and uh, so there were like a few shows that everybody was talking about for the most part. Uh, but now, I mean, it almost, there's almost a day doesn't go by where somebody says, are you watching this? Are you watching this? And I'm like, I can't watch it all. There's so much. And so 
anyway, it's just uh, interesting. We have this little uh, little uh, niche here uh, as far as Hallmark. And um, so you got to see these three mystery pi pilots, basically. And what in your mind would you say makes for a good mystery? Well, I'm oh. not an expert on mystery motifs, but I mean, obviously the, um, the suspense or the whodunit uh, not being obvious and being difficult to discern and a surprise in the end. Yeah. And, you know, with the Sherlock Holmes, it's the, it's the uncanny intellectual ability to solve the problem from evidence that no one else could, could put together and, uh, you know, and end up uh, coming up with a conclusion. While you're watching it, you just, it, when it's a good one, you're not figuring it out and he is. Yeah. And, you know, that's what makes it fun in the end is it's a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting with Sherlock Holmes because, like, when you really kind of uh, parse it down, he's not a very likable character, but because he's kind of a, he's kind of a superhero just with his brain, <laughs> right? And he's, so that that makes him uh, intriguing to watch. He's an intellectual eccentric, and that's yeah. why I like yeah. Jer Jeremy Brett stretches that to the limits. Yeah, yeah. You know the eccentric nature and. Uh, I think he does it in a just a remarkable manner. Anyway, well, let's dive in. I have these kind of, and this can be very spoiler filled. So if you don't want to know who the murderer is and all that fun stuff, these <laughs> don't listen any further because <laughs> uh, we're going to talk it all out. So we, like I said, we have three that we're going to talk about and uh, I have them kind of divided up into murder, victim, what I call family fun, and that's just sort of the uh, secondary characters, other things, uh, and the red herrings. So uh, we'll we'll just talk briefly about each of these three. And uh, so the first uh, one we're going to talk about is the original pilot for Garage Sale Mysteries. This goes all the way back to 2013. So this was the very beginning of Hallmark Hallmark Channel, uh, Hallmark Mysteries. And they, they uh, had done a couple others. Uh, the Jane Doe's had been before that. But this, um, is, this pilot is actually quite different than the rest of the series. So it, it's a little bit, if somebody who's, who hasn't watched, hadn't seen it before and had just seen the later ones, it was a little jarring for me um, because the whole cast, except for Sarah Strange, who's her friend at the store, and... Um, and Jennifer Shannon, Lori Laughlin, everybody else is different in the in the subsequent movies. Um, like her, all her family's all different and all that stuff. Uh, so that's a little bit, a little bit interesting. But this stars uh, Lori Laughlin as Jennifer Shannon, and she is a antiques dealer. She has a store, rags to riches, and as she is out finding these antiques she stumbles upon crime and she has an ability to notice details kind of like Sherlock Holmes does and I like the way that the camera kind of will will sh will demonstrate her sort of noticing a particular detail here a particular detail there that they that the detectives aren't noticing I think they do a pretty good job with that um and so this particular case has Jennifer notices that several rich houses are robbed right after they have garage sales, including one woman who ends up dead, apparently from accidentally falling down the stairs. But Jennifer suspects foul play. She convinces Detective Adam Iverson to accompany her to some garage sales, and they do. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, and they. Oh, sorry. And they do turn up some suspects for the robberies, but no evidence emerges for the murder for the murder jennifer eventually finds uh, finds the murderer and and delves into the case more so that's sort of your base summary there but um overall uh, what was your overall response to this film would you say well one of the ways i've looked at this is given that i don't watch much uh and i have a high threshold for uh interest would I watch it again? Would I watch mm -hmm. the next one? Or right. did it 
did the characters appeal to me and the and the storyline and everything the videography in a manner that would get me to watch it again and so on this one i'd say uh i wouldn't probably watch it on my own but i'd watch it with you and yeah. mom again i would take the time to watch another one right and i thought i mean jennifer is a very precocious peppy bright uh gal who um is probably even smarter than her husband and smarter than the detective when it comes to these sort of things. I agree with you. They kind of did a zoom in like macro micro focus yeah. uh, as though her eyes were riveting on things. And uh, so, you know, and I thought the gal who played her partner was quite good. Mm -hmm. And I thought in the end, it was not that, I mean, it, it, it wasn't, that complex of a mystery as far as the whodunit part in the end. Uh -huh. But, you know, she is very precocious in her evidence gathering, even taking risks, um, probably illegal risks, yeah. and, you know, risks that threatened her, her own uh, safety, you know, which makes it a yeah. little more exciting, gives a little more tension. Uh, so, and I'll say this is probably true of all these that somebody, dies in this case her kind of uh a, a loose friend a friend that she's yeah. not super close to right but still a friend and uh she gets over it really quick the the draw the tragedy of it you know it is yeah. back on the case um without it's not like there's an enormous amount of mourning and i think that's yeah. true in the other two as well yeah. it's kind of like okay Sorry that happened. Let's keep, let's stay on the case. Yeah. Uh, I, they've had 15 of these now, uh, the, of the series. And I interviewed uh, Sarah Strange, who is her friend at the store. And uh, she, we were, she was joking, you know, that you have to have a certain suspension of disbelief because nobody would live in this murdery town at this point. Yeah. I mean, if, that, if somebody got murdered in a community of the wealth exhibited by, uh, yeah. the homes and all this would be an unbelievable upset right. to the community i mean the yeah. community would be massively nervous and traumatized yeah, for sure but you know that's probably beyond the scope of something it, this short you yeah. know to develop that kind of dynamic it, it's similar so, to you know what you would get in something like a murder she wrote or columbo or that kind of a you know a series uh kind of an idea they 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 had basically two uh two red herrings in this one uh the there was the um just that it was an accident that was the original that she just fell that was the original right. uh, thing well, yeah and then the, the guys who broke the triple yeah group that broke in right. and so they seemed to be like the obvious culprits right um, so there's these robbers that steal this jade um yeah. statue uh and uh they they basically kind of they got in there and they see that uh that there's you know this body and so but they're like well we want to take something so they take the the jade but then uh so that but yeah, I don't. It wasn't the greatest obfuscation, I think, <laughs> in the world. That was pretty good because but, they were made out to be uh, yeah. really creepy. Yeah, you know, and they were on the lamb, and so yeah. you know, you, you could easily uh, consent to the idea that in the process of robbing, they got confronted, and yeah. you know. Well, and you almost got the impression that Jennifer was better friends with the husband than with the with the wife in, in a way, and so her for, sort of familiarity with him is a bit of a kind of throws you off a little bit uh, from him being the murderer. But, uh, but yeah, so the uh, the husband ends up being the the murderer. So it was very yeah. shocking. <laughs> So, and then they develop the other, in each one of these, there's a detective who's arguably maybe not quite as bright as the, yes. uh, as the gal involved. And, and then there's a tension, a professional tension between the yeah. detective and yeah. 
the amateur, and he and that tension varies between the three shows, and, right. and how divisive or problematic it is. In this one, of course, it it ends up in a very positive way with the uh, love interest uh, yeah. between the detective and the daughter. Yeah, which is kind of charming. You know, I mean, it's a yeah. little bit. It's probably. Uh, a little bit cliche but it's uh you know you could see it coming all yeah. along but it probably works for a hallmark uh yeah. show i think that grassland mysteries part of the reason why it really works is it balances what i the sort of the family fun category really well uh that i liked also in this how you have hannah and the detective which was cute uh but then you also have her son logan getting her to play the video game to kind of clear her mind. And then her son later on helping her to be able to clear the flash drive so that she could find the files to be able to, and there's some sort of tension with that. And uh, I, I think that's, that's fun. And I, and I, I like anything with her and Danny, the, the lady at the store, her friend, I think they have a nice dynamic. So I think they do a good job with that. Uh, I like the, the guy who ends up playing her husband in the rest of the series better than this guy. Um, but, uh, but it's, you know, it's fine. I, yeah. I just think they do a really good job with that family dynamic. Uh, and I think that Lori Laughlin is a pretty good, pretty good actress. I think she does a good job. Yeah. The husband is a, a pretty minor character. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. I mean, you sort of like, just be careful. Uh, yeah. That's, you know, he right. kind of roll his eyes. Uh, type of character all right so if you were going to give this uh between a one and a five one you hated it five was the greatest thing what do you think you would give it as far as cr crowns we do a crown rating well, i'd probably give it a three okay. i mean i i would enjoy this could be fun to watch with granddaughters or yeah you know kids depending on your age i mean for me now it's granddaughters so. yeah you know, it's the kind of thing that they would probably enjoy together. Yeah. So I would give it a mm, three point mm, three point five, right. um, and uh, or th yeah, around that three point five. Uh, and uh, so, all right. So let's talk about Ruby Herring Mysteries. This is Silent Witness. Um, this is pilot, new pilot. Uh, and it stars Taylor Cole in their lead role as Ruby Herring. And it's while attending her sister's wedding at a resort in the mountains outside Seattle, TV consumer reporter Ruby Herring becomes involved in a murder mystery when an old family friend drowns under suspicious circumstances. Encouraged by her dad, legendary investigative crime reporter John Herring, Ruby conducts her own unorthodox investigation to the consternation of Jake Killian, the handsome by the book Seattle P PD homicide detective assigned to the case. So what, what were your overall thoughts about this one? Well, this one to me was the least compelling and was the one I would definitely not be drawn back to on my own. Uh -huh. uh, that's for sure. I wouldn't watch another episode for a couple of reasons. I thought, well, first to have a plot where it involves people baking cakes and goodies and the person who's murdered's name is Sugar uh that, that was a little yeah i mean <laughs> really pushed the limits of uh believability and i i struggled i'm going to be honest with the lead uh in as ruby herring in that her appearance she had so much makeup now i know actually it's true mom's pointed out since i don't watch news reports some of them are unbelievable in terms of the amount of makeup they have you yeah. know but she was so made up uh -huh. that to me she almost seemed like physically like a mannequin uh -huh. um, and i think it was too it was over the top to me uh -huh. which made it harder for me to to kind of accept the idea that she's brilliant intellectually but has this Mm -hmm. almost non-human appearance i mean just too good to be true look mm -hmm. and yeah that i just 
yeah. every aspect of it to me was more predictable, less believable, easy it, and less engaging um, than the other two. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it did had some positives, but I I I wasn't as I didn't really notice the makeup to be completely honest. Maybe I just become accustomed to that style, but I did notice the terrible wig. I thought that it looked really bad and I, I, I don't know. It was very distracting. I, I can't imagine a real reporter um, wearing that wig. And <laughs> uh, so that was the part of as far as her costuming that bothered me. Uh, and most of the people that I saw online didn't like the wig. It didn't work. And uh, so, and I like Taylor Cole as an actress and she's really, it's interesting because she started out as a model and her, some of her early Hallmark movies are pretty rough, <laughs> uh, but she is, she's kept working at it and her last couple have been really strong and she's done a really good job. And uh, so uh, I was hoping to love this because I've really grown to really like her a lot and she can be quite modern in her roles compared to some of the other queens of Hallmark we like to say uh, in picking really independent and and really uh, really pretty pretty forward thinking women I like that she picks those roles and so this was a little bit disappointing I thought um, from her but I think some of the strengths I guess for me on this is I did think that they did a pretty good job with the with the red herrings with the obfuscation. I think yeah, that that was pretty good. But I think that particularly the rival baker Marion was a pretty pretty convincing that she could possibly she had a lot of motivation, and uh, I I think they did a pretty good job with that. It ended up being a different rival baker. Um, yeah. But, I thought I mean, that was pretty the, good. the idea that you that this rival baker to just get a promotion in their in this uh, you know business that was doing really well would bump off yeah. you know and actually kill someone when there's not a, has no criminal background or anything just so she could move up the uh, further up to the top of the cake <laughs> you know it real that was you know in the end kind of seemed kind of ridiculous and well, that's fair but the, you know those cake decorating world it's pretty oh it's pretty violent <laughs> yeah it, that happens all the time um I, I also in this one the tension between the professional detective and the reporter was i think too extreme and then quick oh. at the very end you know then there's actually seems like it ends with a little romantic interest between them, you know, right. which is part of the others in different ways. But it's, uh, you know, I thought I liked the, I liked that dynamic better in the other two shows yeah. as well, especially in the third one that we'll talk about next. The only thing I like about the detective angle is I do think that, Stephen Huzar, who plays that detective, I think he is very dreamy. He's probably, out of all these three movies, I think he is probably the most handsome of anybody. Yeah, well, it's clear that apparently getting a job as a detective, you have to be <laughs> handsome if these That's shows right. are any indication. That's right. That's I mean, right. really handsome. That helps to yeah. solve crimes. Yeah. I think so. And uh, so, yes, that's right. So he was very dreamy to me and he did a good job well i mean um, as we've talked about the way the casting's done the stories everything about it uh says a lot about the uh who the target audience must be sure you know i mean you can just tell by watching uh that which there's nothing wrong with that you know it, yeah. it, they know who they're trying to uh attract yeah. and clearly I would I'd be stunned if it wasn't a predominantly female audience yeah you'd be surprised there are more men than you'd think a lot of them watch them with their you know with their wives as you say their wives may force them to. <laughs> um, and then they just be kind of come become in you know invested and, and enjoy it uh, we have more listeners to the podcast that are men than you would than you would guess but uh, and we're grateful for all of you that are listening <laughs> yeah um, but uh, but yes, the predominant demographic is certainly like women twenty five to 
40 probably is the predominant demographic. But uh, so anyway, a lot of people online were kind of complaining about the fact that the guy who plays her dad looked so young. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that might just be the fact that he looks young. I, I, I don't think he actually is. Because he actually is Taylor Cole's real stepfather in real life, which is kind of crazy. But he does look, he looks basically the same age as the, as the, Steve, as the detective, Stephen Huzar. He, he doesn't look like her dad. And he looked a lot younger than the woman playing her mom. Uh, and, you know, whatever. People marry different people of different ages. So I, um, that's, I guess, fine. But I don't know. That was distracting to a lot of people I saw online they didn't like that but anyway uh, a minor quibble i mean that wouldn't yeah. have been one of my major uh points of emphasis so i i think um uh, the 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 other um kind of weakness i think to this movie is that the family fun part wasn't fun enough and wasn't like wasn't as good as the Grasso mystery uh her sister and this wedding and and yeah. her, her father and the whole idea of like the herring hunch uh it was just i don't know it just wasn't as good as the other two no and i'm glad i wasn't paying for the wedding <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um so yeah i think like i said i felt like there's some potential here i think that they could easily sort of fix the things that weren't great and uh you know do a little bit of a better uh story you don't want there <laughs> maybe not have the next one the victim be named sugar and maybe in the next one <laughs> maybe uh, in the next one <laughs> make it a uh, a little bit i don't know just make her a little bit better and just make it a i think there's potential here well um, but if you were to coax me or give me a profit motive to watch another one in this series <laughs> i mean if it wasn't good for me it'd be two strikes and i'm out not right. three right um, it just i mean it just didn't have the power to draw me back but right um so i give it a generous two crowns um but i, I I uh, I think that if they I, I feel like there's some potential like I said I thought the obfuscation was pretty good and I thought I think Stephen Hussar is is great I like him so I don't know how many would you get it well I didn't know you could do half points so yeah um, I probably at like one and a half okay good okay well let's talk about mystery 101 so this one was kind of fun for me because I got to interview, I've interviewed both of the leads, plus I interviewed Preston Vanderslyth who played the, um, he played Bud, the, the student um, kind of TA character. Anyway, right, right. So it was just sort of fun to get to see uh, it come to fruition after talking to all three people about it. Um, and uh, yeah, so this one, Mystery 101, this, uh, the little summary of it is, Amy Winslow teaches mystery fiction at the college where she is a professor, but now real crime and real mysteries are erupting around her with the theft of a very valuable lab specimen, murder and murder, a student's disappearance and an apparent suicide. Detective Travis Cole of the local police is investigating, but Professor Winslow is determined to help. Her keen powers of observation and rapid deductive abilities may prove valuable if Detective Cole will only admit it. So what was your overall thoughts about this one? Well, uh, in this one, Detective Cole came around a lot quicker to uh -huh. a part or to a partnership yeah you know so there's a little true. different dynamic that way i thought amy was the best actress of the three lead actresses uh -huh. um, i thought she was the most authentic if you will and you know it she was more convincing to me that she really was who she was that really was this yeah. teacher at the small college professor and um i liked her and i thought um that the story was 
was good. The, tr the trouble I had with the story was that a couple of people die, a student, a professor. If, if a, actually you know this from the real world at the University of Utah, uh, where we tragically did have uh, a student murdered last semester. And I mean, they, they shut down the university the next day. This yeah. has been a massively traumatic event. Whereas in this, in this show, it's kind of like it didn't seem to affect, even when her dearest friend, her departmental chair, died, I mean, she got over it incredibly quickly and back mm -hmm. on to the case. Right. And so, I mean, in that sense, anything like this would, would be an absolute undoing of a small college and mm -hmm. bring it to its knees, you know, yeah. yet life just went on, people are teaching their classes and... So that part of it I struggled with as far as the, the re, as far as realism goes. Yeah. And, but um, they did do a very, a very good job on the red herring aspect. It was, yeah, yeah I think it was pretty obtuse uh, when it came to who the actual criminal was. They did weave in that secondary uh, plot with the missing plant that was worth mm -hmm. a ton of money and that other professor. So you had an additional whole criminal uh, yeah. story going on. So this campus, this little college should have been rocked to its core <laughs> <laughs> with, yes. all, with all this crime going on suddenly. But, um, you know, again, I think developing all that's beyond the scope of yeah this sort of show and how long it lasts and what have you well it's good to hear that you liked uh the the actress who played uh amy the best because i kind of joke with her that that she's our she's my um newfound cousin because uh she her last name is wagner she's joe oh. wagner so our, <laughs> well our, I, I didn't know that when i watched it so yeah so know. our cousin from tennessee she did a good job <laughs> in the yeah. role <laughs> um but anyway yeah so this for me i really enjoyed it i thought it was really fun um but yeah it had a lot of unique things i mean for two murders to take place that's pretty unusual uh and uh so and there were a couple other things that i thought made it sort of grittier than the typical um mystery movie i thought that whole sort of ending where he's he's having her drive and holding her up at gunpoint that was pretty intense for this kind of movie i thought i mean because yeah. there was no no sign that anybody knew where she was or like it was getting pretty i thought they did a pretty good job with tension and uh because there's sometimes where it's just like it's so obvious that this guy's just monologuing you know and and every the person's going to be saved and that's one thing in garage sale mysteries is that jennifer almost always can get the killer to start talking and uh and <laughs> instead of just killing her he you know he's standing her up with a gun and explains the whole the whole crime and how everything happened but the fact that that whole scene driving i thought wow like this is pretty pretty intense it's, you know pretty even maybe a little violent for hallmark and so i thought they that that was that was good i liked that um i also yeah there were a lot of red herrings because you not only had you I mean there's the first they thought that rex's death was a, was an accident and then there was talk so was it a suicide then you had the uh that um the uh the girl her um lipstick you know writing uh keep away on the right on the thing so you had that kind of red herring is it is it i think her name is Brittany. um it turns out she's just sort of hacking and wanted this the journalist rex to lay off um but wasn't involved and then you had um the two professors the professor morales who had had the plant get stolen and she was kind of she was kind of hostile and there was, uh, you know, obviously going to, she, is she maybe involved? And then you had Professor McDonough, who um, had that fake paper that he wrote that they... Plagiarism. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. That means that's another arguably criminal activity. Yeah. 
So you, you have a, a massive amount of crime going on in this little campus. Uh, <laughs> you really do. Yeah, right. I'm not sure I would want to send one of my kids to school there. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, wherever it is. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, I would at least avoid taking the uh, the, 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 the uh, criminal writing class. <laughs> That's bad vibes. Uh, taking that class. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, and I think you had some nice, I guess, family fun, I would say in this, I think Amy and her dad, being yeah. the crime writer was kind of a fun element. Yeah. I think and, her dad was good. Yeah. I, I liked it. And then also I liked, uh, the whole dynamic between his, uh, the cops, um, assistant, I guess the female, I think her name was Claire and she started to get into kind of a relationship with Bud the student from Amy's class. Right. Uh, and that was sort of fun, a little sort of side thing. And uh, I feel like that has potential in future episodes to kind of keep going. And so all that worked. I mean, my only real flaw with this movie is I, <laughs> I love Christopher Paloha. I think he's a good actor, but I felt like sometimes he was, he, it felt like he was in another movie. He felt like all the, he was in some like, uh, NYPD blue like gritty cop show or something and I don't know just sometimes something about his performance I I don't know was just his accent and the things that he was sort of doing it was didn't quite feel like it was part of this it felt a little weird to me I don't know I can't I don't know he I the detective say. yeah the detective yeah I, well, I just, he was so good looking that he was sort of for me the male equivalent of ruby herring and the other one of oh really hard, interesting a little hard to imagine that a working detective is so suave and so i would say that you know, i think that steven hussar is the most attractive but well I'm, i don't know i mean <laughs> who am i to say how good looking a guy is um, but. Yeah. but i don't know i just felt like he was in sort of crime no war thing like uh i don't know uh, the uh um, like with some kind of grisly accent and uh, down here in the underworld, we're investigating crime and uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you don't want to hang out around Moe's well, shop, you know, kind of a thing. Supposedly transferred from Chicago, I think. Okay. Or somewhere, you know, where it's, you know, serious crime. Yeah. But and that, that was kind of thing. And so it was just, uh, there was a little bit of a disconnect. I felt like between his performance and the rest of the movie for me. He actually, well, you know, I have a law degree, but I'm not an expert on criminal law, but he, I think, <clears throat> seemed to fulfill his responsibilities and take her seriously when she had real evidence. Yeah. Uh, more, whereas in the other ones, they're like, just leave us alone, let us do our job. And then they came to false conclusions, you know, and then mm -hmm. had to be enlightened, much to their dismay. Yeah. Um, that that is true because he was willing he actually was like okay you are for this case you are like a temporary a consultant. yeah yeah consultant that's right which they, i've never really seen them do in any of these mystery shows because there's another one on this uh well this will be actually there's another there was been another one on this last sunday because this is going to air next week um there's another one that was on this last sunday that's actually about an ar archaeology professor <laughs> that gets involved in crime called emma fielding uh and and usually the detectives are very irritated by the involvement but i agree with you that he was actually like sure you if you can be helpful let's do it he was he was better about that than most well um, i think it worked well between yeah to me one of the biggest weaknesses of this is when it was all done uh -huh. and you think uh, of what the 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 guy who ended up the maintenance guy who ended up being the criminal that his motives were supposedly pure to help his son but the whole scheme was absurd you know to get yeah. the plant to somehow get the money to pay for the medical bills and then killing people in the process i mean it was a it was kind of a Mm. a real stretch to believe it in the end that that something like that could actually happen but you know i don't think that's the inherent in mysteries like this oftentimes is that 
it's not a real world uh, portrayal of of a plan and a course of action. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's something very unusual, and that helps it be a mystery. Yeah, well, and in fairness, like there's some pretty stupid per- criminals out there. So, are uh, some pretty desperate. When you get desperate, you are a lot more likely to do stupid things uh you know and not really think it out i think uh so i i bought that part of it i was fine with it but i i i do agree with you about the uh sort of the effects of murder on the school kind of thing i do agree with you there and uh um so yeah but overall i i i was really i really enjoyed it i thought it was a very uh good you know good little film uh, i wasn't bored watching it um like some of these mysteries can be a little boring for me um and you could tell that jill wagner and christopher plow had have been in two previous projects including a whole nother series together so they just have sort of natural chemistry i think between the two of them and so i hope that they green light this and uh that they um we get to see more of them because i think it has a lot of potential and there's a pretty decent first um, act, I think, for them. A pretty decent pilot, I'd say. Yeah, I think the trouble might be if it's still based at the university, I mean, the college, you know, because that's where she's employed. Having yeah. more murders or more of these events at the college is, will, you know, become kind of absurd, potentially. Yeah, yeah. You know, it'll so it might not be a very that that venue setting may not work for multiple uh mysteries of this type which almost always will involve a murder i'm sure yeah it'll definitely require a suspension of disbelief that's for sure uh, i think uh for yeah them but i i'd say they i if if i were to i mean i already know that the garage sale mysteries just get better and better and better so obviously greenlit that and I would say greenlit, if I was an exec, I would say greenlit some more Mystery 101s. I think it has a, a lot of potential. And um, so, but uh, we got some, uh, just a couple comments on our Twitter uh, about these that I thought I'd share. Uh, we have um, from Casey, our friend at uh, Hallmark My Words. She says, I haven't seen the Glassville Ministry pilot yet. But the Ruby Herring seemed super Nancy Drew to me, which I thought was fun. Loved 101. I think that's one of my top mystery shows now. So there you go. Michelle Benson, she says, Mystery 101 was fantastic. Chris and Jill's chemistry was off the charts. And I liked the mystery Strong Start. She thinks it's as good a start as uh, the Aurora Tea Tea Garden. That's another mystery show. And Garage Sale Mystery Start. She says, I wasn't a big fan of Ruby. It was not a great mystery. And I didn't love the setting. And the wig was far too distracting. Then Caroline Richardson says, Mystery 101 was so good. Paloha and Jill were the dream team. The mystery was good. And they actually have a reason to be investigating. I need 20 more movies. Grashville Mystery and Aurora are my other two favorite mystery series. And then um, Valerie Spencer, a true Hallmark fan, she says, more Ruby Herring and Mystery 101 needed, are needed. Love both of them. Also love Grashville Mysteries. Also uh, love Aurora Tea Garden. So she's a big fan. And then Moments with Mercy, she says, I haven't seen Ruby Herring yet, but I've seen the other two. Mystery 101 was definitely my favorite. Hoping Hallmark does many more of those. So Well, good. Seems like we're aligned on the 101 being the best. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. For sure. I think so. So there you go. That's some of our uh, Twitter friends. And uh, so, yeah, I would give this one. Um, I'm going to give it four crowns. I thought it did a really good job at doing what it was trying, accomplishing what it was trying to do. Maybe not perfect, but pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, I'll do the same. I, I mean, I'm not comparing it to, I'm comparing them one to another in the context of what yes. I'm starting to understand as the hallmark uh, approach. And, uh, you know, I, I would, given what I gave the others, I'd give this a four for sure. Yeah, 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 definitely. Very good. Very good. Well, maybe if they do another one, we'll have to have you 
on for there's actually a new series that's also starting called the chronicle mysteries that i'm very excited that's all about a podcaster that investigates crime <laughs> there you go yeah that hits you right at home <laughs> yeah that's right so i'm very looking forward to that that starts uh in uh, in this upcoming weekend is when the first one will air so that will be fun and uh, so this has been really fun i really appreciate you coming on and talking about these with me and uh getting everybody to get introduced to you on the podcast this was a lot of fun yeah i've had fun too so um i'm willing to watch another couple shows and see how it goes yes. if you want Woohoo! we did it this is so cool okay great well thank you very much uh i really appreciate it and uh yeah you guys uh make sure you're following the podcast at home he's pod all over social media if you can give us your ratings and reviews on itunes it really helps us out we really appreciate that if you're watching on youtube then give us a thumbs up that's very helpful too and uh yeah you can find us on all of our social media homework he's pod uh and we try to post every single day and we try to live tweet every single one of the movies and we're having a great fun doing that uh this weekend we have the new uh, Lacey Chabert movie, Love, Romance, and Chocolates, just in time for post-Valentine's. It's very exciting. And, uh, and then we also have that first Chronicle Mystery coming up. So a lot of fun stuff coming up on Hallmark Channel and that we're looking forward to covering. And uh, we should also have an interview with Peter Benson coming up, which I'm very excited about. So look forward to that. And so yeah just uh, let us know what your thoughts were how many crowns you would give each one of these we'd love to hear and in the comment section or on twitter and you can follow me at uh, rachel's reviews all over social media and uh, i'm also on itunes and youtube i've recently just been finished covering all of 25 films that i saw at sundance film festival so you can check that out over on my channel and my blog I really appreciate uh, all of that support and thanks again, dad. I really appreciate it. And we will, uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay. My pleasure. Okay. Bye. Bye.